Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership. Well, here we are again for another episode of the show. We are still in part one of the book. We're heading into the chapter on persistence. This is something I would say I'm good at but has the possibility of being annoying, quite frankly. And so there's an interesting game happening with persistence where there's an inner game of persisting on your goals and there's an outer game of persisting with people. And I think that the outer game of persisting with people, there's a nuanced approach to that that I've definitely been refining over the years with clients, with partners, friends, et cetera. And then there's the inner game of persisting through the challenges. So I'm very excited to chat with you about this. It's the last chapter in part one of my book, Memorable, which comes out December 6th, 2022. Been working on this thing for a while. If you haven't caught the rest of the series, that's all good. Every chapter is sort of in and of itself here in the in this podcast series, but I would encourage you to check out the first chapters because I think all of the 22 skills that we go through in the book are absolutely vital to building a certain type of character that is, let's say meaningful for you, but also going to lead to a fulfilling life. Because if you're a certain type of person, you'll be building fulfilling things. And by things, they can be obviously intangible. But I think if you if you embody these 22 skills, you're going to feel more fulfilled, which is interesting, right? Because we think if we do, let's say if we do these 22 things, if we check 22 things off our list, or we have 22 accomplishments, achievements, that's going to lead to fulfillment when really, and we see this a lot more in kind of really nice sounding quotations on Facebook or Instagram, um, but it's not in the, the doing, it's really in the being. And I think that distinction is incredibly important and does actually matter to the discussion on persistence because who are you being versus what are you doing, right? I think we often see persistence as I have to keep doing, 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 doing. When really my definition in the book is it's about a state of mind and it doesn't mean that it's going to be in a linear fashion upward of doing more, 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 more. That's actually going to lead to burnout, not great things. Persistence is knowing when to rest. Persistence is knowing when to rest and stop. Persistence is knowing when to change directions. Persistence is having your eye focused on your goal, which if you didn't listen to the last episode on focus, maybe do that because you need to define what that is. And then of course, read the book so that you have tools to actually define what you're one-pointed focuses but then how do you make sure that you get there and I think it's through remembering that it's a journey and stopping when you need to it's like running a marathon the first time I doubt you'll run the whole thing if you do you have a gift that I (laughs) have yet to encounter in myself but I think it's critical to remember that persistence actually is is both go and stop I think we see persistence as the idea of you keep going. And yes, by definition, persistence is 
you persist, you continue going through the mud, through the challenge. And I think that's true or necessary, but you have to be able to rest and then pick it up again. Because whether it's a daily work interval or a, a week, month, year long, years long, think about marriage, it's a lifetime commitment. Persistence is not in the purview of daily, right? We're looking at a lifetime. So a big part of persistence is, well, persisting for how long in what time frame. So when you're talking about inner persistence, that first type of persistence that I talked about, where it's your mental game, it's how you persist through the challenges of life. We need to clarify, okay, what's the timeline that we're talking about here? Because I could persist. If I'm standing on hot coals, do I need to do it for 10 seconds or 30 seconds or hours? If it's a marriage, right, we're talking lifetime. And I think that's a good question to ask yourself if you're making a big decision like that, that's life-changing is, do I want to sign up for this for my life? Because there are going to be challenges with this person. So am I willing to persist through the challenges that we're going to embark upon, not knowing necessarily what those challenges that we are embarking upon are? That's, that's tough. You know, I mean, they say richer, poorer, sickness and unhealth. You don't know exactly what it is you're signing up for. And I think that's the challenge sometimes with persistence is that we talked about the Dunning-Kruger effect in the last episode and you get this whoosh of confidence when you start something or you think you know something, this kind of overconfidence. But then as you go down the path, you realize how little you really know. <laughs> and it kind of drops down to, oh man, this is harder than I thought. This is more than I thought. This is different than what I thought. And you've got to persist through the valley to get back up to, okay, I have a, I have a handle of this information and, or this concept or this business or this approach. I kind of get it. I can do it. And it's only through the reps. It's only through the days and the weeks and the repetitions that you get through the curve into, I can do this and I know how to do this and I have done this. You have to do it. And that's the challenge with persistence is you want to feel persistence, but you have to do it repeatedly in order to have persisted, in order to, in order to be persistent or call yourself someone that's persistent. So what a challenging skill, right? So this is for you, this whole, this chapter, this episode is for you. If you want to ask yourself some questions about, am I persistent? Where am I persistent? Where do I give up easily, right? If you're somebody that quits, why do you quit? Why is there a running theme? I find with people that if they job hop a lot or they switch who they're helping or what they're doing, it's, they get to a certain point in that curve and then they turn around and they start again thinking that if they start again, some things would magically be different. And it happens in dating too. And I'm not, so huh, we need to also make a distinction, right? Because I'm not saying that you should persist with the wrong thing. So, I mean, if you sign up for something and it really is just not for you, I'm not saying do it anyway. I'm cautioning you that when you do start into something, be aware of what timeline you're giving it. So change your focus point. Okay, is this something I need to persist through for today, for this month, for this year? How my life, like how long is this decision going to ask me to persist for? That's a big one. Can I persist? Am I willing to persist for the time it takes for me to bring this to completion? And if the answer is no, then don't. 
do it. If the answer is yes, but let's say you get five years in or five minutes in and it's like, uh, no, can't do this. If you're at that point where you're in the middle, in that kind of valley of our curve where, okay, am I going to head back to safety or head back to the known, head back to the beginning? Or am I going to go through the mud? Am I going to go through the valley? I think I think that's sort of the, the moment that you have to ask yourself and go toward, go toward the discomfort in a way. Now, obviously I don't mean, you know, physical harm or an abusive situation or anything that's putting you into a true sense of physical, emotional danger. You know, if you need to get out of a situation, please get out of the situation, please don't persist because you feel like you should. I mean, that the should discussion is not what we're going for here. This is, I really want this end goal. I really want to persist through this because of my own reasons. It's safe for me to do so. I believe that I'd like to do so. And so, okay, I'm going to persist. And I think the way that you do that is what I alluded to in the last episode, which is burning the bridges. So that's what happens when you get married. For example, you're making a declaration in front of your community, in front of a group of people saying, there's no going back. I vow to be with this person joined for the rest of my life. There's no going back. And that does it mean you're not going to want to go back? <laughs> no, it means that you're committed to coming back together again and again and again. And I can say my husband is definitely better at this than I am. 100%. When I'm upset, it's very difficult to persist. It's very difficult to feel like there's a way through. And I think the only way to, to find the way through is if you decide you must with this concept of burning the bridges. Um, then we get to the idea of external persistence. And this is where I'm, I'm pretty good at this. Um, but the caveat is it can get annoying, which is if I get something in my mind or I need somebody's help or something needs to happen, I'm going to talk to as many people as many times as necessary to get to that end result. And I think that's, that stops some people. So you go to the grocery store and there's something that you wanted. You don't see it on the shelf. A lot of people won't ask. They'll just say, oh, too bad. It's not there. I'm the person that's like, oh, excuse me. Can you, you know, help me find this thing? And I know that's a small life example, but that is the crux of persistence in a very, very, tangible day-to-day -day life kind of way. It's like, I want this. Okay, who can help me get it? Go find that person and ask them and get some help. And again, I think in definitely as an overzealous early 20s teenager, you know, I had a lot of excitement and exuberance for things. And I just wanted, I wanted to share it with everyone. And that's that enthusiasm makes me who I am, but it can rub people the wrong way. And I mean, part of that is, well, okay, too bad. If those people don't like me, they don't like me and that's fine. So there's, there's an element of self-acceptance there and knowing what my, that the right people will, will appreciate my persistence and appreciate the fact that I'm willing to get the job done or see things through. So if you have that same tendency and people seem to think you're too much or too excited or too pushy, um, I think if you're getting the feedback regularly, there's something to look at. And definitely I've done that work and continue to do that work of 
you know, I'm not trying to push people toward anything. I'm trying to invite them into things. And I think that's a valuable concept when it comes to external persistence with relationships or individuals. You have to have a willing party at the other side of the table. And we talked about this a bit in the episode on self-awareness. So check that out and self-advocacy. So check those two out actually, uh, because they're relevant. I think if you know yourself and then you're willing to advocate for yourself, that you'll have, you need to have a willing party at the other end of the table to receive that message. Similarly, if you're persisting toward a goal and that goal is client acquisition or, um, you know, sharing about something, you can only invite people in. They have to choose to, to come in and actually receive or accept your invitation. So again, it comes back to the basic premise, I think of this whole book, which is, and, and predominantly chapter one, or pardon me, part one, which is choice. Part one is about choice. And the choice you have is surrounding you, your thoughts, your actions. And when I say your thoughts, I mean, you get to choose what you reinforce. So something might pop into your mind that's unproductive. You get to name it as unproductive. You get to decide if you believe it or not. So your thoughts and beliefs, you get to decide if that thought is productive or not. And then you get to refocus your thoughts elsewhere. So you do have a control in, in your thoughts in the sense that you can direct them. And if you're not consciously directing them, they might go any which way. And I think with persistence, this is incredibly important as is with the last chapter on focus, but with persistence, it's remarkably um, important because what you're really trying to say is, no, I'm going back to my point of focus and I'm going to persist until I reach that point of focus. And if your point of focus, if that thing you're going toward is important enough to you, so this is where the values, the value proposition of what you're doing and the importance, if this is important enough to you, you won't quit and you'll go through the threshold. And if you burn the bridges, even better, because then when you doubt yourself, there's no going back. So those are some of the things that can help. There's more, of course, in the book. I think what you're going to get from this chapter and from this concept is really the wisdom of knowing when to persist and when to stop, when to pivot. Um, that's a really, really big one, as I said, because there are times of rest and that's just as important as persisting through a difficult moment. It might be that we're about to cross the desert and we need to rest before we get through it. And we might need to pause halfway. We might not do the whole thing in one go, but that doesn't mean you're not persistent and simultaneously quitting or thinking you're quitting. Well, if you need to pivot a business, you're not quitting abandoning an idea or a business model that isn't for you is not quitting in a bad way. It's wisdom to know what's for you. So something's not for you, whether it's a business model or a person, a relationship, a certain podcast, a certain book, whatever. If you identify that something is not for you, that's okay. Doesn't make you bad. Doesn't make you wrong. Should all those things. But why? Is it not for you? I think, I think often we label things not for us because they're uncomfortable and uncomfortable is not a good enough reason in physical danger, you know, physically harming things that are like, that's yes, yeah, that's not, 
<laughs> we're not going there. That's not good. Get away from that. So I, I want to just, we're talking about the discomfort of this is new. This is potentially a risky business move, but I know it's the right thing to do. Check in with why you're saying something's not for you before you abandon it. Why am I abandoning this? Is it hard? Is it, am I going through the valley and it's challenging? Is that why I'm abandoning it? Or is it truly not good for me? So the wisdom to know when to persist and when to stop or pivot um, beyond the discomfort knowing, right? Really checking in on that. And I think this is relevant for relationships, jobs, places that you're living or going to and friendships, which obviously goes under relationships. I think it's really important to know when you need to step away and that self-advocacy chapter and episode will obviously relate to that. So I would say that if you're, if you're tired, feeling a bit lost around when to persist and when not to, my biggest piece of advice would be to take a pause, take a break and consider why you're heading in that direction is it still important to you? And if it is, then really burning the bridges and finding a way through. And that might be through getting some help, as I said, right? There's that internal persistence of the inner game. And then there's the external persistence of, okay, I need to figure this out. Here are the people that can help me and making sure that you get what you need to get over, over or through the valley, because really there's no way, there's no way around it. You have to go through it whether that be with support or you personally getting through it on your own. So only you'll know which one it is, whether you can get support or it's just something you need to tackle. And I assure you that when you get to the other side of that valley, you will be different. You will have learned something. You will have grown. There's a transformation that happens through any valley of difficulty and challenge far greater often than what we, what we learn when something's easy or just comes to us. So, I mean, there's value in the valleys. You just need to decide and be willing to go through them. And sometimes we go through valleys that are just not our choice. And I totally resonate with that. I talk about some challenging situations in my own life in the book. There are valleys that you don't consciously choose. And in those situations, the bridges have been burned for you because you have to get through them. And I think finding your North Star and having faith in God, something bigger than you, a force bigger than you, if you have faith in that, that can get you through some serious valleys. So I would be remiss if I didn't share about what has helped me through some of the most challenging valleys of my life to be able to persist through them because it's very easy to want to just quit and give up on parts of your life that maybe haven't come to you so easily. It's so easy to want to quit. Writing this book was, I mean, it's a huge, it feels like this monolith. It's, it's massive. It's 300 pages of my heart on a page shared with people I know, strangers. It's harder to share it with people I know. When I shared it with my husband and my mom, that was the most terrifying of all, I think, or some of my friends that I know are, you know, critical thinkers and avid readers. It's terrifying. You're going to read this and judge me and my opinions and the way I look at the world. Terrifying. <laughs> and it's such a huge project that how do you persist through a 300 page goal? 
that would have been much easier to just, it would have been much easier to just quit. And I think the way I did that was definitely with support, having a publisher, having editors, having accountability partners. It's another big part of the book and something I encourage you to do, whether it's just with friends or with a professional that knows what they're doing in your area that you're, you know, seeking to grow in. Professional help is going to take you to the next mile or 10 miles down the road in a more seamless way. I want to eliminate all of your challenges for you, but they, they will be able to share with you how to avoid some pitfalls and how to work through some of the parts of the valley that you go through. And I have found that to be very, extremely valuable because going through things alone, especially um, loss or difficult emotional situations or losing a job, um, losing somebody close to you, anywhere where you feel that something, if you're starting to get in that victim mindset and feel like something was taken away and there's resentment there or anger there, I think working with somebody or finding a solution that helps you to release that resentment and feel back in control of, again, your thoughts, what you choose to believe in your actions, you're on a better, you're on a better path that way. Yeah, there's stuff that you can choose to persist through, like a business idea or a job. You can decide, okay, how long am I willing to give this to? How much more effort am I willing to give to this relationship, this job? But there are things that come out of left field and they sideswipe you quite literally sometimes. And you've got to find the, the people that will support you through that, the faith, in my opinion, to get you through that, to, again, I think what faith is, is that same idea though, what I said, right? Which is you can have thoughts like this shouldn't have happened to me or why me, all of the victim thoughts, the blaming thoughts, persecutor we talked about, the rescuer, you know, I have to rescue all the people in my life. We can have unproductive thoughts. I think what faith does is it's really directing our thoughts in a more productive direction toward the belief that there's something more to this. Maybe we don't even know what that is. You know, if, if God, if you don't have a relationship with God or that word bothers you and I get it, there are a multitude of reasons why it might bother you, why religions might bother you. I think that we need to maybe uncouple the two things, you know, God as the force unseen, this bigger thing, entity some people feel more comfortable with different words that's that's okay you know I think it's about having your own relationship with that force though and avoiding the force that bigger force will be to your detriment because I never really put much emphasis on it but then in some of the most difficult traumatic experiences I've had in my life truly traumatic um belief in God is really the only thing that got me to the other side and allowed me to keep going with a sense of purpose, with joy and happiness again. I think that having faith in forces unseen, God, as I would call it, um, really changed my life. And this is not a call for you to convert to some religion or go to some specific church or religious institution. This is a call for you to 
create a relationship with that force, whatever that means for you. Because if you're avoiding it, if you're saying it doesn't exist, I think you're missing out on something that could be extremely powerful in those valleys of life. So if you're in a valley right now in one or more parts of your life, I just want to tell you that I know what that's like. I have been there. I'm sure I will be there again. We all go through them. You're absolutely in company with all of us as humans, maybe not at the same time, but you are accompanied in these valleys, I assure you, even if they're not the same valleys, we all go through them. And I really encourage you, if you're in a valley that maybe you didn't choose to be in, I really encourage you to get support, find it, reach out for it, tell people what you need. Because in a state of grief, in a state of potentially apathy, depression, challenge, I, the biggest thing that helped me was to get out when all I was doing was isolating. And it's a very, you might need time alone. And I'm not saying to deny your needs or deny what you think you need and want. There are times of, uh, that we need alone time and that's great and important. But there's also a time when that, oh, I can just muscle through this alone. That type of persistence really just bites us. So have you been going at it alone and it's not working? Could you use some support? Who could support you? What might support you? What resource, even if it's a book or something, you know, a podcast like this, like something that maybe it's, maybe you don't want to talk with anyone that you know, but there's somebody outside of your circle that could really help you get through the valley. I think when things are fine and good, it's really easy to persist, right? If your business is growing and your marriage is great and um, you know, your body feels good and everything's working out. <laughs> You're not going to tune into this episode on persistence, are you? Maybe, but I think we learn the most about persistence when we're truly challenged. And so I hope that if that's where you're at right now, you know, again, that, that you're loved, that there are other people that have been through valleys, maybe similar, maybe not, but everyone goes through them. And I really encourage you to seek out people that have either been through a similar thing or just support of any kind to know that they are truly not alone. And um, again, you know, I, I have to say from a, from a legal perspective, you know, that this is, if, if you're in harm's way, if you're having suicidal thoughts, if there's any kind of suicidal ideation, if you are in a domestic abuse situation or somewhere where you're physically threatened, please reach out to the appropriate hotlines. I'll link them in the show notes. That's not a situation to persist in. Please get help. And if you know someone that might be showing signs of that, please direct them to those, those links and those areas of support. I think knowing that we're not in it alone is such a comforting thing in the dark, isolating days in the in the bottom of the the valley if you will so i really hope that you've gotten a bit about persistence that you feel like you can identify if it's external or internal persistence and if it's time to rest or time to continue forward and maybe even checking in on if you're willing to persist any longer and i really want to thank you for going on this journey with me this is the end of part one of the book in terms of chapters. 
Um, the next chapter is chapter nine, and we'll be going into, you'd think I'd have them memorized by now, uh, but we'll be going into part two, which is fulfillment, chapter nine, which is enjoyment. So we'll take a look at what that exactly means next episode, and I hope you'll join me there. Regardless, I, I really wish you well. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll see you again soon.